Heavenly Father, we thank you for today and we thank you for the opportunity we have to worship together in this place. We pray, come Lord Jesus. We pray, come Lord Jesus, so there might be true justice in the earth. We pray, come Lord Jesus, because it is time for wickedness to be judged. We pray, come Lord Jesus, and ask that you, by your grace and mercy, would be kind to us and show us your grace. We pray, come Lord Jesus, because we are ready. We pray for the church all across the world and all the suffering and all the trouble. We pray, come Lord Jesus, it is our prayer. We thank you for the grace of God that is shown to us in Jesus Christ. We thank you for your great mercy and kindness to us, the forgiveness of our sins. We all stand before you here today, Lord, with troubles in our own life. We stand today recognizing that without Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have no hope, we have no joy. So we have sought, we have sought to sing praise to your name. We've sought to give the sacrifice of praise to you. Now, Lord, we all come here today bringing all of our troubles, all of our anxieties, all of our fears, all of our emotions, uh, emotions of joy, emotions of trouble and fear. And we ask that you might help us today. We thank you for our boys and girls who are here today. We pray that you might bless them as they come to worship together and to sing praise to Jesus Christ and then to hear the word of God. How we ask that you might help us to truly understand and leave this place recognizing how great you are, how glorious you are, how wonderful you are, and may it be a blessing and change our lives in these days of trouble and distraction and dread and anger and all kinds of emotions. May Jesus be glorified through all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated and good morning. It's good to see all of you. I'm Pastor Mike. If you're a guest with us today, God bless you for being with us. And also, I would say to those of you who are listening to us, may the Lord bless you. We miss you. And we recognize and understand these days of your being safe and we love you and we look forward to the day when you can be with us. We, we, I'd like for you to turn now to Psalm 89, Psalm 89, as we continue to consider how great is our God, how great is our God. What do we do in days like this? What do we do when our minds are moved toward distraction by all of these things that are going on in our world? And there are many. What do we do when we're facing all kinds of troubles and distresses in our own life? We, we turn our eyes toward the Lord Jesus. We recognize the greatness of our God. So these, these days are days for you and I to consider and to put in the center of our life and in our minds how great God is. And we come this morning to look at the great righteousness and the great justice of God. The great righteousness and justice of God. And I've asked you to turn to Psalm number 89. It is the last Psalm uh, in book number three of the five books of the Psalms. There are 52 verses here. I'm glad all of our boys and girls are joining us. They come now, uh, many of them to our worship service. Boys and girls, when you have your Bible, you find your place here and keep your place open with us in Psalm 89 and follow along as we, as we look at God's word together. How great is our God? Why he is great in righteousness and he is great in justice. And that's what we need to think about today in a world filled with unrighteousness 
and injustice. And so I'd like for you to stand now in honor of the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to read beginning in verse number 11, Psalm 89, and I'll read through verse number 17. Our focus today will be verse 14. So we break in in Psalm 89, verse 11. The heavens are yours. So we declare and we praise God as we read this psalm together. The heavens are yours. The earth also is yours. The world and all it contains. You have founded them. The north and the south. You have created them. Tabor and Hermon shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. And then our focus today, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. O Lord, they walk in the light of your countenance. In your name they rejoice all the day, and by your righteousness they are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength, and by your favor our horn is exalted. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word, all that is good, all that is glorious, all that is righteous, all that is powerful, all that is mighty, all that is holy, all belongs to you. You are the great and glorious one. Lord Jesus, we honor you for your saving us. We recognize you as the righteous one, the King of kings and Lord of lords. How I pray that you might give us, Holy Spirit of God, a little time with, without distraction in our minds so that we might hear what you have to say to us and that we might be encouraged in our faith and grow to trust you with everything in our life. Holy Spirit, be our teacher now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So we read again in verse number 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Did you notice how many words of praise were focused on our great God? Verse 11, yours are the heavens. The earth is yours. The world and all it contains, you have, uh, you have founded. The north and the south, you have created. Taman and Herman, uh, Herman, shout for joy at your name. You have a strong arm. Your hand is mighty. Your right hand is exalted. And righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, loving kindness and truth go before you. If you don't know how to pray, that's how you can learn to pray. Sometimes people say to me, I don't know what to pray. That's why the Psalms are so precious and wonderful to us. They've been God's praise and prayer book for God's people all of these days. My friend, I encourage you, if you don't know how to pray, that's how you pray. You exalt the Lord, you bless the Lord, you praise God for His greatness. So today we come to talk about the throne of God. The throne of God. We Americans aren't very familiar with thrones. We're familiar with them in history. We understand there are various places in the world that still have kings and queens and thrones. But the throne is always a picture for us and a reminder to us of God's absolute and supreme authority and sovereignty. 
It is the picture for us and reminder of the Lord's eternal reign in the world. I won't ask you to turn there, but Psalm 103, such a wonderful psalm. The Lord has established His throne in the heavens and His sovereignty rules over all. So today, whether people recognize it or not in this world, ladies and gentlemen, whether the world recognizes it, whether governments recognize it, whether kings and queens and authorities recognize it, or every person on the planet recognizes it, God reigns. His authority is established in His throne, and the throne is built on this foundation. Righteousness and justice. So today we talk about these very important qualities of our great God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I ask you this question this morning as we begin. Do you, do you believe today that God is being harsh and that He's being unfair in what He is permitting or allowing to come in this world today? Do you believe, are, have you, are you one of those grumbling and complaining about your own personal circumstances, and you're complaining to God saying that it's unfair what He's putting you through, what He's putting your family through, what He's causing to happen in your life? Are you, are you guilty in your life of complaining to God about His harsh and unfair treatment and questioning the very authority of God to rule in this world as He is doing? Why is it if God is reigning, some would say He would permit such un injustice and wickedness to go on? Are you wondering why God doesn't just take care of destroying the wicked so that there's no more? Are you wondering today, does God really have the right and authority to do whatever He chooses in the world? In fact, do you, do you even believe today what the Word of God says, that the Lord has established His throne and that He is ruling and has absolute authority and sovereignty over all. Well, you must settle this question in your life. If you come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, that's why Paul said that if you will confess with your mouth, listen, Jesus is Lord. That means ruler. That means the one who is king. We know that the Word of God tells us that the Lord Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. He is absolute ruler. The righteousness and justice of God are seen, as I'll say in just a moment, in the rulership, the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, you and I are either encouraged or in despair. If you're one of those who believes that the world is just an accident, everything just kind of comes along by happenstance, it's all just a, an accidental occurrence and things are going to happen in di different ways, we can't control it then you're a sad person. You're living in a world of chaos. But if you're one who has believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of God, regardless of what happens in your life today, my friend, remember this, that the throne of God, His very sovereignty, is founded on righteousness and justice. These are the foundations. And as verse 14 says, loving kindness and truth or loving kindness and faithfulness go out from the throne of God. And what happens to us when we recognize this? Well, verse 15, how blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. I'm giving you joyful words this morning. The Lord reigns in righteousness and He reigns in justice. That is the focus of my comments today. Notice not only are we blessed, but we walk in the light of God's glory. And of His sovereignty and His righteousness and justice. 
In the Lord's name we rejoice all day long because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So I have a number of observations that I want to make this morning and I'll get right to it. Now let me just list them for you here today. Some of you take notes and I want to give you time to jot these down. Uh, primarily I will be looking at Psalm 89, 14. I'll make a few uh, observations here, but I do have some other things to say to you about the Lord Jesus that go along with this. God, first of all, is absolutely righteous. He is absolutely righteous. He is completely, eternally, permanently righteous. God is absolute righteous judge of all. He is the absolute righteous judge of all, permanently, eternally, forever, in every generation. He is the absolute righteous judge of all. Third, God's judgment is based on His perfect will. He makes His decisions, He does His acts of judgment based upon the will of God. Uh, fourth, we reminded here today that God's judgment of the world is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is now the absolute judge of all. And every person in this room will meet the Lord Jesus Christ when you die at the great judgment time, either as Lord or as your judge, you see, save sinners, He becomes our Lord. We surrender to Him, we submit to Him, but we still answer for the things we've done in the flesh, the things we've said, the places we've gone, the things that we have done with our Christian life. But for the lost sinner, the person who does not know Jesus Christ, there stands a throne and the Lord Jesus Christ will truly look to you and ask you, and ask you why you have not believed in Him. So. The Lord Jesus Christ is the judge for the judgment of God. He is the one who sits upon the throne. Oh, now a throne of grace. Oh, now a throne of grace. Come to the Lord Jesus Christ, our great King, High Priest. He sits on a throne of grace. The grace of God is available to everyone who will receive it. But the day is coming, my friends. The day is coming when the Lord Jesus will judge the world. And it will begin when He comes Again, to this world, finally, God's greatest act of justice was in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. So I, I need to get to these things to help us understand the righteousness and justice of God. Please notice that these words are put together in your Bible. Psalm 89, 14. What is the foundation of the throne of God? Righteousness and justice. So we get to it. First of all, God is absolutely righteous. This word righteous is a word that means rightness or straightness. There is no crookedness in God. There is no, what did we learn from the scriptures? There is no darkness in God. There is no side of God that's dark. No, God is light and in Him there is no darkness, there is no crookedness in God, there is no crookedness in the ways of God, there is no manipulation in the ways of God. He is perfectly righteous, He is perfectly right. And the throne of God is established, the sovereign rule of God is established on perfect righteousness, eternal perfect righteousness of God. God reigns universally. God reigns absolutely over all the created order and among all peoples, whether they are surrendering to his lordship today and to his reign, God reigns in all the created order. God's sovereignty is based on his perfect righteousness and God can do anything. He can do anything he chooses, but he does not do anything that's against His holy, pure, righteous, and perfect character. 
Psalm 145, 17 says the Lord is righteous in all His ways. We don't always, we don't always believe that. We sometimes say, well, why would God do this? And why would God do this? Why would He allow that? Why would He permit this? All through the Word of God. Look at all these times when God's people have suffered. Even to this day. Why is it that the Lord would allow His church to be treated in this world as they are? Because the Lord is righteous in all His ways. I don't have to understand all of God's purposes, nor will I. All of them, many times, some of them appear to be a mystery to me. The reality is I must say with my mouth that the Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His deeds. Oh, in the darkest, hardest time of your life, you must remember the Lord is righteous. The throne of God and His rule in your life today and on this planet is righteous and good. Secondly, God is absolutely righteous in His judgment of all. He is absolutely righteous in His judgment of all. Paul says... Uh, of this matter of judgment. First of all, what is, what is justice? I, I should talk about this. This Hebrew word for justice is the word that means an act of judging. It's the act of judging. A justice of the peace. A justice who sits on a court bench. He does, he carries out acts of justice. He, according to the law, makes a judgment. God is the God who is Perfect in his justice and his ways and his acts of judgment. So there are those who question again what God does. Paul says to us, Romans chapter 2, God will render to every person according to their deeds. Now that's very important. Because the judgment of God is based upon the actions of a man or a woman. Boys and girls. What we decide to do, the Lord sees what we do. He recognizes what we say. He hears what we say. He sees where we go. He understands the motivations of our heart, dear friends. And because of that, God is absolute righteous in His judgment. He, his throne is established, Psalm 9-7. He established His throne for judgment. And it is a permanent judgment. From generation to generation, the Lord is the Lord of judge. He is sovereign based on His perfect justice. He is sovereign and rules completely with authority, listen to me, and impartiality. That is the God with whom we have to do. All through the Word of God, we have examples of this. I'll just quote you a few because it's important for you to hear these words. God is not one to show partiality, Acts 10.34. The Lord is a God of justice, Isaiah 30, verse number 18. The Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for Him. In Deuteronomy 32, perhaps, this is one of the most beautiful statements of all. I will proclaim, this is Deuteronomy 32, 3. I will proclaim the name of the Lord. Listen. Oh, praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect and all His ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is He. And to finish it off, those glorious tribulation saints in Revelation chapter 15, they sing the song of Moses and to the Lamb. And what do they say? Revelation 15, 3. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of saints. Can you say that today, whatever you're going through in your life? 
Are you willing to say, as a follower of Jesus, just and true are all your ways, whatever God has permitted to come into your life? That's a big challenge for some of us. That's a hard challenge for us to submit ourselves and to bow ourselves and to surrender and say, Lord, you are just and true in whatever you are doing in my life. God is absolutely righteous. The foundation of your throne is righteousness. God is absolute righteous judge of all. The foundation and justice of God are in the foundation of the throne of God. Third, God's judgment is based on His perfect will. So what does God base His decisions on? How does God determine what He will do? How He will judge? Well, we learn very much this important principle from what Paul tells us in Ephesians 1.11. He works all things according to the counsel of His will. What does God do? He reveals, listen, this is very important. He, you know why, boys and girls, it's important for you to learn how to read your Bible? Because if you want to know what God wants you to do, you read it in the Bible. That's why we preach the Bible. That's why you go to your Sunday school class and we teach the Bible. That's why we come here. That's why we read the Bible on our own. Because I must live my life to know what does God want me to do? What is the will of God for my life? What must I do to do what God wants me to do and be pleasing to God in my life. It comes from the Word of God. And inside the Word of God, not only do we see the will of God revealed in His teachings about what we're to do and not do, but we also learn the will of God from the promises of God. From what He promises that He will do. This becomes very important for all of us in this room. So what is the will of God for your life today? What is it that you recognize? You see the the foundation of the throne of God is righteousness and justice. And on the foundation of righteousness and justice, based on the will of God, He carries out His purposes. Every one of us here today, you're either living in the will of God or you're living out of the will of God. The will of God begins by you being saved, coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. The most important decision you make in your life is to trust Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The second most important decision is the will of God for your holiness. To live your life in holiness. To follow the Lord Jesus Christ. To become more like Him as a follower of Jesus. The will of God being accomplished in my life is first me coming to the Lord, confessing Him as Lord, and following Him the rest of my life, looking to the Word of God as my, as my guide to understand the will of God and to do His purposes. Look... This is very important. Revelation 4.11 says, You have created all things. And for your pleasure they are and were created. Romans 11.36 All things are for Him. All things are from Him and to Him. All things will be to the glory of God. God's will is the most important thing for every person in this room and everyone who hears my voice to determine in your life. Are you living in the will of God? Because you see, whether I live in the will of God or not depends on how I will be judged in my life. So the judgment of God is based on the will of God. Listen, whether you like to hear this or not, God's will is inflexible. Whether you like to hear this or not, God's will is unchangeable. God's will is eternal. God's will is unstoppable. Whatever governments, whatever presidents, whatever kings, whatever governmental bodies stand to say what they think ought to be done in the world, the will of God cannot and will not be stopped. 
God will accomplish His purposes in this world in order to arrange for the coming of the Lord Jesus. That is it, inflexible, unchangeable, eternal, unstoppable. And what does it mean to be saved? When you're saved, once you're saved, the Lord takes care of you. He blesses you. He forgives you of your sin. He helps you with the Holy Spirit so that you might kill sin in your life and live for God and grow in holiness and have the joy, my friend, of heaven as your home. The will of God cannot be frustrated. So we must come to Him and rejoice in this. Look, God's promises reveal His will. God's promises all through the Word of God reveal the will of God. Are you living by the promises of God? Are you living by them? And you see, the will of God is revealed by His promises, dear church. And in justice, God rewards us, listen, based on His promises, not on our performance. You see, sometimes I get it wrong. I think, well, boy, I'm doing all these things, so I deserve for the Lord to do something special for me. No, no, it's not the way it is. You see, as I submit to the promises of God, as I submit to the will of God, as it is given to us in the word of God, the Lord blesses us, not because of what we do, but because we have obeyed and we have believed by faith. God's will, listen, God wills nothing but what is just, whether we believe that or not. You have to come to the place. How many times? What, what must Adoniram Judson have thought? All those years in Burma. He was a missionary for over seven years and no one was saved. He buried two wives while he was there. Before, before he finished his ministry and numerous children. Putting them in the ground in Burma in a strange place. He went there to do the will of God. And yet he's there and he loses his wives. He loses many of his children. He suffered all kinds of physical conditions. He suffered in all kinds of ways. And no one was being saved, you see. God wills nothing but what is just. And it is just because he wills it. And that's what you and I must learn to say in our lives. Whatever the Lord gives, he gives to us. It is the will of God. Whatever He takes away, He takes away. It is the will of God. This becomes so important in your walk with God. God is absolutely righteous. God is absolute righteousness in His judgment. And God's judgment is based on the will of God. If you do not want to be judged by God, then find out what God wants you to do. The fourth thing I must remind you of this morning is this. And it is that God's judgment of the world is through the Lord Jesus Christ. How do all these things come together? Well, we read these words. I'm just going to quote them for you from Acts 17. As Peter was speaking to a group of Gentiles, he was preaching to them the gospel. I'm going to say it to this group and everyone who can hear me. You see, it says this in Acts 17:31. Hear the word of the Lord today. God has fixed a day. God has fixed, settled, appointed a day in which He will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom He has appointed, having furnished proof for all by raising Him from the dead. Jesus Christ will be the judge of all people. All generations will stand before Him. Every generation that's come on this earth, they will all stand before 
the Lord Jesus in judgment. Matthew 16, 27, the Lord tells His disciples as He's talking about the end times, the Son of Man, that is Jesus Himself, will come in glory of the Father and the angels and He will repay every man according to their deeds. John 5, He says, not even the Father judges anyone. This is the Lord Jesus' words. Not even the Father judges anyone. He has given all judgment to the Son. Romans chapter 1, chapter 2, again, one day God will judge the secrets of men through Jesus Christ. Oh, do you not know this today, my friend? That your deeds will all be held accountable for you before the judgment of Christ. For believers, it's the judgment seat of Christ. It's the time we stand before Him, not whether or not we're saved or lost, but as His children, giving account for the way we live for Jesus in our flesh. What is it that the Lord's going to say to you when you stand before Him, my believing friend? What will you, what will you experience at the judgment seat of Christ? Have you given your heart to sharing the gospel with people around you? Have you done the will of God? Have you lived in holiness? Have you sought to follow Jesus? Have you sought to serve others and live as God would want you to live? What will happen to those who are not saved? The books will be opened and all of their deeds will fall short. They'll fall to the ground. They'll not be enough. And sadly, they will face the judgment of eternal hell. Oh, this is so very important for you to know. The judge or savior of the world is the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're not going to get out of judgment. You're not going to get out of this one. You're not going to avoid this one. You will stand either before the Lord Jesus as judge or as savior. And you must prepare for that day. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Finally, God's greatest act of justice has already been done. The greatest act of justice was in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. Paul says in Romans 3, God displayed publicly the Lord Jesus as the payment for sin in His blood. This was to demonstrate God's righteousness for the demonstration of His righteousness at the present time. Now this is the phrase I want you to hear. Romans 3.26, this is an astounding statement. He presented Jesus Christ who became the Lamb who take, takes away the sin of the world. And through that death of the Lord Jesus on the cross, the wrath of God was poured out upon the Lord Jesus for, on sin. And because of that, the just God now can justify sinners. The just God can justify sinners. There's another act of justice that's taken place in the lives of many of you in this room. When I was a nine-year-old boy, we had one of our dear children this morning, nine years old, she came forward and said, I'm ready, to, I'm ready to, to follow the Lord in baptism because I've prayed to receive Jesus Christ and I've confessed my sins. That's where it starts with our boys and girls. When I was nine years old, as best I could understand as a nine-year-old boy, confessing my sin, repenting of my sin. Confessing that Jesus is Lord, believing in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. Salvation comes. It's an act of judgment. God removes the sinfulness of our life and gives us a new person. He gives us the righteousness of Christ. He puts the Holy Spirit of God in us. The act, the act of judgment in saving us is so important for all of us to know. This is so important for you to know. Did you know that God... God put inflicted all of His wrath 
all of his sin-punishing demand by the justice of God was placed on Jesus Christ on the cross. Don't you let the words of the Lord Jesus move through your mind so quickly. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, the justice of God is a sin-punishing demand of justice. And the Word of God tells us our griefs He Himself bore, our sorrows He carried. We esteemed Him stricken. Listen, smitten of God and afflicted. It was the Lord's pleasure to crush Jesus Christ. This is what the justice of God looks like. It was, it was brought to bear historically on Mount Calvary when Jesus took the sin of the world so that we might be saved. You see, to be saved, my friend, to be saved, this is good news. God's justice is no longer your enemy. To be saved, the justice of God is no longer your enemy. Christ's death satisfied the sin punishing demand of God's justice and now the just one justifies those who will believe by faith. There's nothing any better than that. That is the glory of the gospel. That the just God will justify those who will believe in Jesus. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Loving kindness and truth go before you. How blessed are the people who know the joyful sound. That's the joyful sound. Because God is eternally righteous, my friends. Because God is eternally just. And has given us the opportunity to know Jesus Christ. We have had the great exchange that has now taken place. So that the judgment of God has been placed on the Lord Jesus. And you and I can be saved. The just now justifies. Well, what do we need to remember from these things? Quickly. Number one. God always does what's right. Someday something's going to happen in your life. And you're going to question whether or not this is right that God would allow this to come in your life. You're going to wonder whether or not this is, this is God's will for you. But we learn from the Word of God, give thanks in all things for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's always right in what He does. God's always right. The justice of God comes because of the righteousness. Because He is always right, He is just in what He does, in how He acts in judgment. And God's just demand for sin was satisfied, was satisfied by Jesus Christ and His death on the cross. That's why we can, it never gets old to sing about the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, His sacrifice on the cross, all that He took for us, all of that. Oh, listen. The more we appreciate the judgment of God, the greater the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ becomes to us. The sweetness and joy that we have now have in the blessing because we have a new righteousness given to us who believe. Everyone will answer to Jesus Christ as judge. Every believer in this room will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You're not going to answer to anybody else. You're going to stand and answer for yourself on how you've chosen to live your life as a follower of Jesus. And oh, the sad thing. You and I will leave this place and we will look into the eyes of people today that we'll pass on the street, that we'll go to the restaurant, wherever we go, our neighbors who do not know Jesus Christ. And one day 
If they do not, if they do not come to know the Lord Jesus, they will experience the righteous judgment of God against sin in their lives. God's judgment may seem delayed, my dear friends, but God's justice will never be ignored. And along with that, sometimes we wonder about the mystery of it. Why would God do the things He's doing? Why would He permit these things to happen in the world? God's ways of judgment sometimes are mysterious, but they're never unjust. If you and I are guilty of declaring and placing on God injustice, we must repent of our sins and ask the Lord to forgive us because His ways are perfect and His judgments are completely righteous. So what do we do with this as we leave? First of all, surrender to God's will in your life. Some of you, the very reason you are miserable is because you will not surrender to the will of God in your life. You will not, whatever is happening, whatever is happening, you will not surrender to the will of God. You continue to fight what God is seeking to do in your life. If you're saved, He is he is working to make you like Christ. You have need of endurance, the book of Hebrews says. Look, every last one of us who are followers of Jesus. We need endurance so that we might experience the work of the Holy Spirit to make us more like Jesus. Surrender to God's will, my dear friend. And if you're not saved, start by surrendering, by confessing your sinfulness to God and being saved. Finally, trust in God and His perfect purposes and accept his timing in all that he does in the world. Well, I end with this wonderful passage, Psalm 97.1. Because we read here at the end of this passage in verse 16, in your name they rejoice all the day. So as you leave today, here's something you can rejoice on. Listen, Psalm 97.1. The Lord reigns. Let the earth rejoice. Can anybody say amen? amen? The Lord reigns. Let the people rejoice. That's what we rejoice in. The Lord reigns. Turn to your neighbor and say, the Lord reigns. Say it with some heart. The Lord reigns. Let's say it together. The Lord reigns. Let the people rejoice.